0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you and hopefully answer some of those questions you have. If you have a prayer request, you give us a call we'd love to hear those and pray for you we've got a great community of people tuning in right now who would love to say amen as we pray together so give us a call the number is 303-690-3000 that's 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897 once again the text line 720-336-0897 We want to welcome those of you who are tuning in, whether you're tuning in here in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. You're hearing the show live, by the way. And also, we want to welcome those who are listening on our sister stations. We are uh, broadcasting on the East Coast, on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So welcome to those of you who are tuning in today. Wherever you're tuning in from, we also want to welcome those of you who are tuning in online. I know there's an increasing number of people who tune in via the mobile app and the website. So maybe some of you have gone in your browser. You just go to gracefm.com on your computer, and you can click the button to listen now, and you can tune in live to this program and all the other great programming here on Grace FM. uh so many of you have gotten that app. If you haven't gotten the app yet, it's free. Go get that app for your mobile device, for your phone, or your tablet. In whatever app store you use for your device, just type in Grace FM as one word and it should come right up. You can put that uh device you put that app on your device and you can listen anywhere in the world actually. We were just at the Rhythm on the River Festival here in Longmont this past weekend and talked to a lot of people and a lot of people uh we were joined by Grace FM. And they were handing out, we were handing out T-shirts and telling people about the radio station. And a lot of people I talked to said, hey, I don't actually own a radio anymore. right? Like in my car I do, but when I'm not in my car I don't own a radio. And I said, actually neither do I. But I listen on my phone on my iPad over a Bluetooth speaker at home when I'm not in the car. And so definitely get that mobile app on your devices so that you can tune in and hear all the great teaching and this show as well on grace FM uh, grace FM app um, so welcome to those of you who are tuning in via that and uh, we just want to remind you guys who are listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee that you are hearing this program on a one week delay but just keep that in mind but we would love to hear from you and we'd love for you to call in and we'd love to pray for you and answer your Bible questions, and then you have the unique opportunity you'll be able to tune in a week later on the radio and listen to yourself on the radio and you can tell other people to tune in as well. So just keep that in mind. Those on Hope FM and Truth FM, you're hearing the show on a one-week delay, but do give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. A few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And um, I am your host here every Monday on Calvary Live, and every now and then I fill in on other days of the week as well. But if you are in the Longmont area, I would just love to extend a personal invitation to you to join us and be part of what God is doing at Whitefields, the church that I pastor. Our church meets in downtown Longmont, at 700 long's peak avenue in the saint Vrain memorial building we're just one block west of main street on long's peak avenue and we're right on the corner the northwest corner of long's peak and kaufman so long's peak avenue and kaufman street and for those of you who know longmont you'll know roosevelt park is the city park right downtown and our church meets in the memorial building which is right on the edge of roosevelt park So just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. 700 Longs Peak Avenue is the address. But you can find directions as well as listen to some of our sermons. You can find out more about our staff and our leaders and the different ministries going on at Whitefields on our website, which is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love to have you visit us. And if you are not in the Longmont area or within driving distance of Longmont, we'd love it if you know people in the area. If you'd send them our way because God's doing great things at our church and we would love for you and your family and friends to be a part of it. We have a great children's ministry, great worship ministry, and so everybody's able to learn and worship on their own level and we just love for you to be a part of it. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And you can also hear our sermons here on Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So you can tune in for those. Well, we're beginning a new series this coming Sunday at our church uh, in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. We're calling it Upside Down, which, yes, that is a reference to Stranger Things. But more importantly, it's not really primarily a mess- uh, reference to Stranger Things. What it is more most of all, it's a reference to Acts chapter 17. When Paul and Silas were on their second missionary journey, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they went to the town of Thessalonica, and it says that the people, when they saw them coming, they said, those men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And really that's the deal, right? That our world, we live in a topsy-turvy world where things are oftentimes the opposite of the way that they should be. And what Jesus does, he comes and he resets the equilibrium. He resets things and turns this world on its head, but it turns it right side up turns an upside down world right side up and so his kingdom from uh, the perspective of the world is an upside down kingdom but from the perspective of him right that's the way that things ought to be he's making all things right and what we see in first Thessalonians and second Thessalonians is we see so many ways of thinking which are upside down to the way that people generally think right we see people facing opposition, but being filled with faith, hope, and love. And we see um, so many of these things, people being joyful and bold in the face of opposition. It's so upside down to the way the world thinks, but we're so thankful that that's what Jesus does. He turns our topsy-turvy world on its head. It's upside down from the world's perspective, but it's right side up in, the, in, tr- in reality. But this past Sunday at our church, we had a missionary named Benjamin Morrison, and I've actually got him on the line, and I'm going to bring him on right now. Ben, uh, are you there? Welcome to the program.
4: Yeah, hi. Thanks, Nick.
0: Yeah, so Ben, uh, we've known each other for a long time. I was wanting to have this opportunity to introduce you to some of our leaders because you're doing great work in Ukraine and I want to uh, let people know about that so they can pray for you so they can connect with you guys I know as a missionary myself uh, in the past the more people who know and pray and support ministry the better so um, Ben, maybe you could just share a little bit just really briefly about what you talked about at our church yesterday
4: Yeah, sure. Um, So yesterday at Whitefield, I shared on the topic of God's global mission, um, and we kind of jumped off the base of uh, the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, uh, looking just at uh, why we should care about God's mission, uh, who's called to that mission, and what are the ways in which uh, we can be involved in His mission.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, it was really good. And one of the things I loved was how you talked about how it's increasingly unpopular in our society to uh, evangelize. Um, Some people would use the word proselytize. Right. You know, and to say, let's share our faith with people and try to convert them to our beliefs. Uh, I've even heard from people who do attend church every Sunday that they're opposed to that mentality. What would you say to that?
4: Yeah, this is actually what we kind of began the sermon yesterday with, uh, because it is increasingly unpopular in modern Western society. Uh, You'll find a lot of people who will say that, yes, people should be free to believe whatever they want to, but you should never try to convince anybody else uh, of your worldview. You should never, usually it's phrased as, you know, shove your religion down their throat, even if you're doing it in a very gracious and winsome way. Um, so, a couple of thoughts just in response to that uh, that argument that we gave at the very beginning uh, were first of all that everybody preaches uh, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you love, whether that's uh, a, a political stance or position, whether that's you know your favorite sports team, uh, whether that's you know an amazing TV show like Stranger Things was already referenced, right? Uh, Whatever it is that you're passionate about, you're going to talk about that. Um, And kind of the irony, actually, in when people say, you know, you should not preach your religion to other people, you should not seek to proselytize, um, is that that's exactly what they're doing at that moment. They're trying to convince you of their worldview. They're saying, I don't believe that religion has a place in the public sphere. So uh, it's actually pretty hypocritical. Um, to say that. And then secondly, another point in response to sort of the unpopularity of the idea of sharing your faith or, or sharing the message of the Gospel, um, is that uh, most Christians, and maybe there are some unfortunate exceptions, but most Christians, when they're trying to share the Gospel with somebody who doesn't believe it yet, uh, they're doing so out of concern for that person. They're doing so out of love, um, you know, I referenced uh, very recently there was an Australian rugby player who he posted something on Instagram, and it was just very straightforward. He said, you know, there's this all these different people in all these different sins. If they don't repent, they'll go to help, but Jesus loves you, and he's giving you a chance to repent. Uh, and he actually got in some trouble. He actually got fired because of that Instagram post from the Australian, Australian Rugby League. And there was um, a well-known atheist philosopher, Peter Singer, who who actually rose to to the defense of this Christian rugby player, Um, and he said, basically, you know, try to put yourself in the position of this man this Christian. Um, You know, these people, you believe as a Christian, these people are facing a fate worse than lung cancer, because it's a suffering that will never end, right? Eternal judgment. Um, and, And so what he's sharing, even though this atheist philosopher obviously doesn't agree, but he says he's, he's sharing this out of a concern for you. Um, and, and so, you know, I would, I would argue that if, if somebody's offended by someone sharing the Gospel, again, hopefully not in offensive ways. Sometimes that happens, and there's no excuse for that, because it's, um, it's contrary to Christ's own heart. But um, if you're offended simply by the fact of sharing that message, uh, even if you don't agree with it, I, w- I would argue to try to consider that the person sharing with you is doing so out of a concern for you, out of out of a desire to see the best for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And would you agree that, like, if we truly believe the gospel and we truly care about people, I mean, mission is not something that's uh, optional, right? It's not like a hobby that some Christians do and other Christians don't.
4: Right, you... definitely. And that was, that was something we actually hit on yesterday, um, that, you know, uh, ultimately, we as Christians— are called to mission because God is a missionary God, right? The gospel is all about uh, God coming on mission to rescue us from our sin, right? Coming, leaving the comforts of heaven, coming into this world, uh, taking on all the various cultural forms that He took on to um, to, to, to flesh out, as it were, God's love, God's message. Um, and so, when we as Christians yeah engage in god's mission when we take part in sharing our faith uh this ideally this is supposed to be a a a thankful reaction to god's mission for us for our sake that he has come he was not indifferent to our perishing and so we can't be indifferent to others around us uh who don't know this great message of hope yet
0: yeah so ben um you know one thing i've sometimes been asked but maybe some of our listeners are interested in knowing like how does one become a missionary like you're a missionary what does that mean and like how does somebody become a missionary
4: um i would say that somebody comes becomes a missionary by receiving christ uh whether you whether you recognize that or not um, you know, again, uh, Jesus says, right, and we we looked at in the message yesterday, Matthew chapter 28, he calls his disciples, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So anybody who's a follower of Christ ultimately is a person who is sent on mission. Um, now we we did talk about kind of this idea of, you know, local local mission versus global mission, um, but really there's no debate. It's, it's, two sides of the same gospel coin. Um, it should flow out naturally. However, and this is one thing we, we pointed out yesterday, um, Jesus does put an emphasis on the global nature of his mission. He doesn't just say, um, go make disciples, right? He says, go make disciples of all nations, all people groups is the word there. He doesn't just say in the gospel of Mark, preach the gospel. He says, go preach the gospel to all the world. Uh, so, there is a global emphasis um, and and we mentioned that at least one of the reasons for that, uh, besides the fact that it 's obviously biblical um, is that it 's very very much in our human nature uh, we have this saying right out of out of sight, out of mind uh, that whatever's not immediately in front of us we tend to forget about um, and, and obviously our local context is right there it 's right in front of our eyes um, it's much more apparent and and Um, we're more likely to engage with it, whereas the global context, right, I mean, it is literally across the world. Um, And so I think that that's part of why uh, Jesus, in the Great Commission and in these other places in the other Gospels, where he essentially lays out the same thing, puts this emphasis on the global nature um, of God's mission.
0: Yeah. So, Ben, could you just share with our listeners a little bit about what you do, and then we'll wrap up by having you share with some ways that people can connect with you and pray for you.
4: Yeah, sure. So um, I, as I think you mentioned in the intro, I'm, I'm the pastor of uh, Calvary Chapel in Ukraine in the city of Um We planted that church 14 years ago, uh, just last month, celebrated our 14-year anniversary. So we've seen God do some amazing things um, in the lives of the people of that city, Um, both those who didn't know him previously and some who did, but um, had really been just kind of taken away from the Gospel with various uh, um, false approaches to God, whether that's legalism uh, or the prosperity Gospel or something like that. Um, so we're really blessed just to see how he has moved and is moving in the hearts of the people in our city. Um, within the last few years, we've actually gotten involved in uh, a building project, so we're we're, we're building a permanent um, facility for our for our church body there. Uh, within the last couple of years, I've also taken on the role of coordinator of a ministry called City to City in Ukraine. Uh, city to City it's a it's a global ministry. It's founded by Tim Keller. Um, that seeks to promote gospel renewal in the key cities of the world, uh, primarily through church planting. Um, So we're involved in Ukraine. I'm the coordinator there for that ministry. Uh, We're involved in doing uh, gospel preaching labs. So we teach um, young and developing, and sometimes not even young uh, preachers, just kind of how to... Preach God's word in a way that points to ultimately and glorifies Jesus. Christocentric preaching is sometimes called. Um, and uh, other than that, we also have a training program for church planters. Um, so within the five key cities of Ukraine, which represent 10 million people or a quarter of Ukraine's population, our dream, our vision is to see 100 new gospel-centered churches planted by the year 2030. Wow. Uh, currently, we, currently, yeah, we currently we have 25 uh, young church planters in our training program. So Lord willing, uh, you know, and, and with the help of, of His Spirit doing this, um, we're on our way to seeing that vision fulfilled.
0: That's awesome. So that's something our listeners can specifically pray for is yes, se- definitely. 75 we would very much more appreciate church that. planters. Yeah. I love having those kind of numbers, you know, and just turning to God and being like, God, this is, you know— a great vision, you know, your will be done, but we'd love to see 75 more church planters. So, right. Okay. So you mentioned your building project. That's something that our church, Whitefields, uh, community church in Longmont. We have been from the time you got involved in that. We've been involved in uh, supporting you guys in this, and I'm yeah. really hoping you're done because I love going to Ukraine, and I'm really hoping <laughs> that you invite me to come and be part yeah. of the time when you guys, uh, I'm not sure what you call that, when you consecrate the Didi- building.
4: Dedication? Dedication, or whatever, I don't know. that's the like word I'm looking for. Like a baby dedication only for a building?
0: That's what uh, I'm looking for. <laughs>
4: Yeah, so uh yeah, you guys have been involved as have a number of other churches with us from the beginning. Um, we're we're just so grateful to the Lord because honestly this began with just uh, a sense that, that this is God's timing. We didn't have any resources to even begin it. Um and just the Lord has been so faithful through the generosity of of different churches, different believers um just plugging in, helping us to to raise the funds for this building. Um so we we have made great progress. The exterior is pretty much finished now. Um, there's some things left to do inside, uh, heating, lighting, kind of these, you know, yeah. more final stage um, things to do. So we're hoping that the Lord will bring in about another $15,000 to finish that up. Okay. Um, and, and Lord willing, we'll, we will be able to get in by the end of the fair.
0: Okay. Let's say if any of our listeners want to know more about how they can maybe, maybe somebody wants to contribute to the building fund, or maybe they just want to get your newsletters and be praying for you. How can they do those things?
4: Right. So um, for the building fund, we have a dedicated building fund that goes only to that. Uh, the link to, to donate to that is uh, bit.ly slash ccbuilding for Calvary Chapel building. Uh, so bit.ly slash ccbuilding for the building fund. Um, and then just to, to be informed, kind of, uh, we put out quarterly email newsletters, so once every three months, with just the latest happenings and ways that people can be praying for us. Um, people can go on and also sign up for those online. The link for that is also bit.ly uh, slash Morrison, M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N, dash news. So bit.ly slash Morrison dash news.
0: Okay. Thanks, Ben. Can we pray for you before you go?
4: Yeah, I would appreciate that. on would be great.
0: All right. Heavenly Father, we pray for Ben Morrison. We pray for his family and for the great work you're doing through them in Ukraine. We pray for their church, Lord, that they would be strengthened spiritually and in numbers. We pray for this building program. Thank you for how far they've come, Lord faithful and provided for them we give you honor and glory for that and we ask that you would provide this last bit that they need to get their church in there soon especially before it gets cold in ukraine so lord we pray your blessing upon them Uh, we pray lord that you would anoint their work and that it would be effective and you would use their work uh, not just in the church but also in city to city to uh, reach the country of Ukraine with the gospel and really change the spiritual climate. Lord, we pray that there would be a, a significant change there because of the work that they're involved in. But I do pray that you would raise up 75 more church planters that they can train to plant churches in Ukraine. And maybe, who knows, maybe there's some people listening now who, who feel called to that, and you're, you're using this to stir their hearts. So, Lord, we pray that you would do your work in your way through Ben and that you would bless his family. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Thanks, Nick.
0: Ben, thanks for calling in. God bless you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. Let's go to our callers. Let's go to Marcus in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Marcus. Welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for holding.
2: Good,
3: good. Thank you. What's up? Um, I'm just looking for some prayer, man, and the power, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ to save my marriage.
0: Okay. Things are pretty rough?
3: Yes, sir. Yes,
0: sir. Okay. Well, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Marcus. I pray for his marriage, Lord. And I do pray that, as Marcus said, we, we agree that we believe in your power to save and to redeem, Lord, things that have been uh, bad in the past, things that are not currently good. Uh, Lord, you're able to take things. You're able to make beauty out of ashes. And you're even able to take bad things and make them into beautiful things. Uh, Because that's the kind of God you are. So we give you honor and praise for that and for who you are. And we do ask that you would save Marcus's marriage in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, boss. You bet. God bless you, Marcus.
3: Thank you. Have a good day.
0: You too. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. With that, we have two open lines, so give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us 720-336-0897. And let's go to Joshua in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hi, Joshua. Welcome to the program.
1: Hi there. Uh, thank you for having me. I heard a question this morning, and it was on the same radio station I'm listening to now, and the pastor said um, to think about it. So I did, like, all day, and now I'm like, I need to know more. So when Jesus said, I knew you, when before you were in your mother's womb, what did he mean by that?
0: Yep. So I'm looking at uh, where that might be where it talks about God knowing us before we were in the womb. And there are several verses actually that talk about this. For example, one of them is in Psalm 129. It says this, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Uh, In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me before any of them was. So that's a good one. You know, for us to talk about this idea of God knowing us, um, there are other verses in the Bible that uh, allude to something like this, like Jeremiah chapter one verse five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now there are a couple ways we could look at this. I mean, one way of interpreting this would be to understand that um, we had souls before we were conceived. Now I don't think that that's the case. I think that was clearly the case with Jesus, who is a spirit, and then became a, a, took on human flesh. But I don't believe that that's um, taught in the Bible. I think what's being talked about here is not some sort of what we might call pre-existence. But what's being talked about here is what's called in the Bible foreknowledge. And this is the idea that God has knowledge outside of the time-space continuum. Which means that... um, he knew the end from the beginning, and he knew the beginning from the end, right? So for God, all of time, he right. knows it all. The
1: timeline right? from start to finish, he already knows. So
0: exactly. everybody
1: that's going to be born, he already knows because he knows the timeline.
0: Yep. He knows everything that they'll do. He knows every choice that they'll make. And that's called foreknowledge in the Bible. And so I believe that that's what that's referring to.
1: My mind was running wild all day long, off and on with these thoughts of being like, so what was I doing in heaven before I ended up here? How would right. I make the decision to come here? I thought no one would come here if they were in heaven. That doesn't make any sense.
0: Right. Well,
1: okay. that's what I'm
0: saying. I don't, I don't believe that the Bible teaches pre-existence, which is what that view is called, um, but that it teaches foreknowledge.
1: Okay. Well, and I'll give you,
0: give you a verse on that, too. 1 um, Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says this. Um, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, now check this out, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling with his blood. Now that's a really interesting verse because what does it say that the foreknowledge is related to? it seems to me that the foreknowledge is related to two things. Number one, that they are elect of God, but number two, that they are exiles. And that's really interesting right there. Is he saying that they are elect by the foreknowledge of God, or is he saying that they're exiles by the foreknowledge of God? I would argue that it's both, but I would not diminish the importance of the second, which is that that these people were exiles, which means basically refugees, right? So they're refugees by the foreknowledge of God. And he says, why? In the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. In other words, God has known that you would go through this difficulty that you're going through right now. And he has a purpose with it. And the purpose is your sanctification. So not only that God knew us individually, but he knew all the things we would go through, which means that God is never surprised. Like he's never like, wow, I didn't know that was going to happen. But that he it directs history providentially and as he does that he does it for our good he's a redeeming sanctifying good god i have to let you go because we've come up on our mid-show break but thank you for your excellent question and god bless you
1: hey god bless you thank you
0: all right bye-bye you're listening to calvary live this is pastor nick katie we'll be right back after this two-minute break
1: Welcome back
0: to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts. Live on the air, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything else going on in your life that you'd like to talk about, receive pastoral advice on, or receive prayer for. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you and hopefully answer some of the questions that you have. We have full lines right now, but you can text us at 720- three three six zero eight nine seven that's seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven let's go to mark in centennial colorado hi mark welcome to the program mark well it looks like mark is not there but mark wanted prayer for his marriage and his financial situation so let's pray for those things uh even though Mark's not on the line with us. Heavenly Father, we pray for Mark, and we do pray for his marriage. Not sure what's going on, but Lord, we do know that you know the details of that, and we ask, Lord, that you would strengthen his marriage, if need be. Lord, save his marriage. Help Mark to be the kind of husband that you are, God, uh, that his marriage would mirror the marriage picture as it's designed to be a picture of Christ and the church and the mystery therein. So, Lord, would you bless Mark? Help him to love like you love Jesus. Help him to be that kind of husband. And Lord, we pray for his financial situation, Lord, that it would be strong, that you'd help him to be a good steward of the resources you've given him. And where there are needs, Lord, we ask that you would provide work for him and all the things that he needs. we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Brian in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great.
3: Um, I was calling in because I, um, just dealing with an illness. I, uh, was diagnosed with MS last August and, uh, just found out recently this past month that, uh, the medication I'm on is not working and it's progressed. So, you know, I've been dealing with a lot of worry, um, about what, what's going to happen, you know, future wise. And I'm just calling in to get some extra prayers from, from everybody to, uh, you know, let God take away my worry. Um, I don't know. It's hard hard not to worry, but... <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. You know, worry is a tricky one, right? Because if you just tell somebody, hey, don't worry, uh, that doesn't really fix the problem, does it? Um, no. <laughs> what we need is something that actually uh, is greater than our fears. And... Something that that's the only thing that I think can really take away anxiety is something that's more powerful than the fear and the anxiety itself. And so, Mark, I, I know I might be preaching. I'm sorry, Brian. I know I might be preaching to the choir here, but I just want to remind you of the hope that we have in the gospel. You know, uh, one of the great promises we have in Romans eight that I cling to all the time is is found in um the section, Romans 8, verses 18 through 30. Okay. And He says there, he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. And he says, you know, all of creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, for creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will one day be set free from its bondage to corruption and will obtain the glory of the freedom of the glory of the children of God for we know that the whole creation is groaning in the pains of childbirth now not only the creation but we ourselves who have the firstfruits of the spirit we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies and it is in this hope that we were saved and he says this um Hope that is seen is not hope. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Then he goes on to talk about how the Spirit helps us in our weakness and that when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit prays even in our groanings through us to God, the right words that we don't know. And, you know, it's really, I I understand that you're going through something that I probably can't fully comprehend. But I just want to share those thoughts with you because um, I think they're so hopeful. They tell us that they help us remember what the hope is that we have, and uh, and I would just hope that uh, Brian, that you would see in the gospel something even greater than the anxiety uh, causing things in your life. But let me please pray for you. So, Heavenly Thank Father, you. I pray for Brian and Lord, this anxiety that he's struggling with, and this these fears, though they're very much founded in reality, and in fears about uh, what is going to happen with this medication not working. Lord, first of all, I pray that you would be with him. I pray that you would calm his mind, calm his thoughts. Lord, I pray that he would sense and feel your presence with him. And Lord, I do pray that even in the midst of this, whatever happens, Lord, that you would use it for his good and for your glory, and that this would end up being a great testimony Uh, That ends up being a thing which he says, you know what, I never wanted this, but God used it in great ways and praise him. But Lord, I do pray also at the same time that there would be a medication that works, or Lord, that you would just take this away from him and that he would be healed in Jesus' name. So Lord, we ask together as a family of believers listening on the radio right now that you would touch Brian's body, that you would bless him, and you'd be with him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Absolutely. God bless you, Brian. You too. All right. Brian. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or a prayer request, anything going on in your life. We'd love to pray for you and talk with you and hopefully answer your question. Give us a call. We have one open line. The number is 303. 303- that's 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Dustin in DeCono, Colorado. Hi, Dustin. Welcome to the program.
3: Hi. How are you?
0: Doing well. What's up?
3: Oh, not much. Uh, I just just had a question um, about the book of Revelation.
1: That's all right? Okay. Sure. Um,
3: in Revelation chapter 6, they talk, this is kind of like a a great tribulation question, I think. Um, when the, so apparently the sun is going to, at one point in time, will be blackened or something. Okay. And the, the moon will turn red. Okay. And is the same verse that they're talking about in Revelation, is that the same one from the book of Joel?
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, obviously it's not the same verse because it's a different book, but you're talking about the same events taking place?
3: Yeah, I'm just trying to, um I I guess I'm looking at like is that would that be a verse from the old testament that supports the validity of the book of Revelation as well?
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um well, I'll tell you this the, the book of Joel deals with an event which it calls the great day of the Lord, right? Um, It's talked about throughout many of the prophetic books, this idea of the day of the Lord, and um, it talks about darkness. You're right, um, darkness there in chapter 2. And it talks about this day when it will come and God will judge the earth. Now, my understanding of Joel, and I'm not... uh, particularly well-versed on how Joel and Revelation uh, relate to each other. My understanding of the book of Joel is that this is, these are describing events, some of which have taken place and some of which have not taken place. And that's what's really hard about understanding some of the Old Testament prophets because they kind of switch back and forth between talking about um, things that are going to take place now and then it switches and then talks a lot about the return of the Lord, like the coming of God at the end of all things. So the question we have to ask is, is this talking about the coming of God to bring judgment uh, temporally? Or is this talking about the coming of Jesus at the end of all things? Now, it seems that Joel too does talk about the return of the Lord, like him coming uh, physically at the end of all times, but it also speaks about a temporal judgment. So, I actually don't know the answer to that question. I don't know if what's being talked about in Revelation is the same as what's being talked about in Joel. I will tell you that my assumption is that it's not. That the judgment that's talked about in Joel is a judgment against Judah, which is a temporal judgment. See, if you follow the timeline through the minor prophets, what you'll find is that they often talked about things that then did happen so God would say hey I'm going to judge the nation I'm going to judge you and another nation is going to come and attack you and uh, your nation will be destroyed I believe that's what's talked about for the majority of Joel it talks about how there will be this wiping out that will take place and locusts will come there will be this judgment that God will allow and then God will restore their fortunes so to say he'll restore the years that the locusts destroyed and then Um, he talks about, okay, but one day God will come and there will be a final judgment. So again, it's very similar to the way that Jesus talked like in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and 25. So my understanding is that Joel 2 is not talking about the same thing as Revelation 6. I'm a futurist when it comes to Revelation, which means that I believe that uh, Revelation 6 is talking about things which have not yet taken place that are going to take place in the future. And being that the case, then I would say Joel 2 is talking about things which have taken place already, with the exception of the return of the Lord. And I would say that Revelation 6 is talking about things which have not yet taken place, but will take place during the Great Tribulation. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's,
3: I mean, I, I definitely believe that there are future, many of them are futuristic as well, and
0: Yeah. Cool, huh? um, well, God bless you, Dustin. Well,
3: thank yeah, you thank you. If, um, I mean, I, that's also going to see if, if you guys could keep me on your prayers. I can't. I'm not going to stay on the line anymore. But if you could, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, is there anything particularly?
3: Uh, just, just for guidance and just life, you know.
0: Absolutely, I'll pray for you now before you go. Heavenly Father, I pray for Dustin. I thank you for his desire to walk with you, to know your word, Uh, Lord, to understand it and to uh, live according to it. So Lord, I pray that you would bless his life. I pray that you would direct him, guide him, Lord, by your spirit inside of him. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would show him the way that he's to go. I pray that he would be responsive to and obedient to the leading of your spirit. And uh, Lord, that you would be with him and bless him. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Thank Dustin. You. Thanks for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. Yep. Have a good day. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today, let's go to our next caller, Virginia in Maryland. Hi, Virginia. Welcome to the program.
2: Hi. Um, I'd like to—maybe um, I need prayer because I've been having— um, Demonic activity in my dreams. Um, things has been coming against me um, mm-hmm. seriously, and nothing like I've had before. Um, I know I know the Lord is my Savior, and I know that I'm born again. And it and I was just thinking uh, a few hours ago. I was thinking that um, it happened because things were coming in my like imaginations, just cast down imaginations that come and want to build a stronghold in our minds. And and I just said that, that scripture, you know, I cast that thought out in the name of Jesus. Mm. Or I take that I take that thought captive and bring it to the or you know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> I, get I do know now. the verse
0: you're talking about. Yeah. Second Corinthians, uh, Corinthians ten,
2: 10 five. Yeah. Right.
0: Know. Taking every, thought, every captive thought captive, for captive, captive for Christ.
2: And bring it to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. Right, so I say that every. I said that every time after, this certain thing was um, imagining, and you know, I'm just imagining something, and I don't know what, It was very strange. I don't even want to say it, and um, it wasn't really bad. It's just something scary, you know, okay. and um, so and so I've been doing it for a couple months now, and in these dreams, um. Have been happening for the last couple months, but there was something that God's been wanting me to repent of, and I know He has, um for quite a while now, for years.
0: Have you repented
2: and of it? No, I haven't. I tried, and and if I tell you what it is, you'll probably think, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> and it's just it's coffee, caffeine. Mm. Okay. Believe, I don't believe that. I mean, God. if God tells you you want something out of your life and you don't do it, and um, it gives me anxiety, I already have it anyway. Before God saved me, I had problems with anxiety and panic attacks, and okay. he he didn't remove that, you, you know. And I use yeah. it for a reason, I guess, and um, so I'm having a problem for some reason to let it down give it to give it up okay. and i don't know but it's i mean uh, and then i found myself at the library today and i bought this i mean i bought but i got this book and i feel like i shouldn't have gotten it and gotten it it's about demonic you know demons and stuff and i don't want to give them any you know glamorize anything that, or, or i feel like i might be glamorized you know what i mean
0: yeah Yeah, I would encourage um, you, Virginia, you don't need to become a student of the occult or a student of demonic things. I would encourage you to be a student of God's word and of the truth and to focus on that which is good and true and delightful and not focus on demons. I think, if anything, that's just going to, you know, create more of a foothold and create more of a, a fascination in your subconscious mind while you're sleeping. And so I would definitely recommend... So take that book back and, you know, as the spirit's leading you, whether it's to repent of something, whether it's to take a book back, I want to encourage you to do those things. You know why? Because God knows what is best for you and he wants what's best for you because he loves you and he's going to lead you by your, by his spirit within you. But I want to encourage you to always obey the spirit's leading, you know, especially and you can know that it's the spirit's leading when it's in uh, alignment with his word. So I'm going to, and you know, one of the things that I think some Christians get uh, a little bit off on is that I've seen people who get really obsessed with like the demonic realm and get, like I said, they become like students of it. And I don't think that that's necessary or healthy. So I want to encourage you not to do that. I want to encourage you to uh, focus on what is good and true and right. So uh, take that book back and respond to the spirits leading in your life. It sounds like you want to do that. So I'm going to pray for you that God would strengthen you to do that. And um, I'll pray for you that your mind would uh, be set free from these demonic thoughts. So Heavenly Father, I pray for Virginia. I thank you for her desire to walk with you. I thank you for the fact that she has a sensitive spirit that senses you're leading her um, senses, what your spirit is telling her to do. And Lord, I pray that to that sense you would add the strength to obey and the willingness to obey lord i pray that um, she would say yes to you and she would obey what your spirit is leading and guiding her to do Um, and lord that you would bless her and give her the strength i know that she has that strength by your spirit within her and i pray that lord in her mind as she's sleeping lord that you would get rid of these demonic thoughts that you'd bind the enemy in the way that he's bringing those into her life and lord that you give her Uh, That she would read Ephesians 6 and that she would truly put on the spiritual armor to withstand the wiles of the enemy and to stand strong. And that she would fight back with the sword of the Spirit. And, Lord, I pray that she would do that in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Thank you. God God bless you, Virginia.
0: Thank you for calling in. All right, bye-bye. Okay,
2: thank you. Bye.
0: You're listening, to Cal- you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, prayer requests, or anything going on in your life. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you and hopefully answer some of those questions. We have two open lines. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720 336 Nine seven. we've got 10 minutes left in the show which means after our next call we've probably got time for one or two more so definitely give us a call if you would still like to get on today 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897 let's go to John in Littleton Colorado hi John welcome to the program
1: hi Nick my question is about the significance of Pentecost because okay. I know
2: it's the uh, when the Holy Spirit was given or the Holy Ghost rather but I at least know of one reference where John the Baptist was filled with the spirit in his mother's womb so uh, mm. that makes it confusing to me of what the significance of Pentecost really was
0: yeah absolutely and um, you know I just wrote a paper on this I'm in seminary at the moment and I just did a class on the Holy Spirit in Paul and Luke and so, you know, that reference that you're mentioning is from John or sorry, from Luke chapter 1, which talks about um uh, John the Baptist yeah, being filled with the spirit from his mother's womb. Another really interesting thing though, there's a lot of this. If even if you look at John's gospel, uh there's a time before Pentecost when Jesus breathes on his disciples and says, "Receive the Holy Spirit." So you'd assume that if Jesus breathes on you and says, receive the Holy Spirit, then you're probably going to receive the Holy Spirit, right? So we well, have to make sense of all these things. That
1: the Spirit has not yet come. The Comforter is not come until was gone, uh, in, Jesus is going away, right?
0: Correct. So that was in John 14 and 16. I have a really good answer for you. I think that we're going to be able to sort this out for you before you get off the air today. So I'm glad you called. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Okay. So if you were to look at the whole Bible, you're going to notice that there are basically three relationships that people have with the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible. And these relationships are the following. The Holy Spirit is with all people, with all people, especially now this side of Pentecost and this side of Jesus' resurrection. But actually we know that this is true prior to Jesus' death and resurrection. And here's why. Because uh, John's Gospel John chapter 14 and 16. um, Jesus says the spirit is with you, but he will be in you. So let's start with the with relationship. The Holy Spirit is with all people. And what is the Holy Spirit doing with all people? Well, Jesus says there in John 14 and 16, he says the spirit is with you and he is doing what he's bringing conviction about sin, righteousness and judgment. In other words, he's bringing attention to the fact he's bringing conviction About the fact that we are sinners, that God is righteous, and that judgment is coming upon the unrighteous. Therefore, what do we need? We need God's mercy, and we need salvation. So the Holy Spirit is with us, I guess you could say, drawing people to Jesus, giving us conviction of the fact that we need a Savior, and that Jesus is the Savior we need. God is doing that work by His Spirit in the lives of people throughout the world. That means in the lives of people in closed countries, so to say. It means the lives of, of people who you uh, maybe talk to in your workplace, uh, your kids, things like that. Now, the next relationship with the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is in believers. Now, this is the case only after.
1: When does, that, when does that happen?
0: That happens after Jesus's. Death and resurrection. I believe that that is what we see in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. I believe it might be chapter 20. I'm, I'm kind of um, shooting from the hip right now. It's either 20 or 21, where Jesus says to his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit and breathe on them. I believe at that point, Jesus actually, they actually do receive the Holy Spirit. But yeah, so the verse is chapter 20, verse 22. Jesus said to them, receive the Holy Spirit, and he breathed on them. I believe that is the point at which they received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So when people say things like, hey, God is in all of us, or God's Spirit is in all of us, that is not true. The Holy Spirit is only in those who are believers. And you can cross-reference this with stuff like Ephesians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians. It talks about how when you believed, you received the Holy Spirit as a seal of the fact that you were you belong to God. It's the down payment that he has placed upon you that you are his and one day he's going to redeem you completely but for now he has come and dwelt within you and put his spirit in you. So he is with all people. He is in believers. Now here's the third one and this is where I'm going to bring in Pentecost. Okay. That he is upon so with, in, and upon. He is upon people to empower them to do his Uh, work to fulfill specific callings that he has placed on their lives for things he wants them to do. So I would say that all believers have the Holy Spirit within them, but there are times when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone to empower them to do a ministry. Now we see this in the old Testament. One of the great places you see this in the book of judges where it's repeated over and over and over. The Holy Spirit came upon this person to enable them to liberate Israel. Or the Holy Spirit came upon this person to enable them to prophesy or to be a king, right? So this is what the anointing with oil was for prophets, priests, and kings as a symbol of the anointing or enabling power of the Holy Spirit when he would come upon them. Then we see that in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus says to his disciples, they say, hey, Jesus, when are you going to come back? When will all these things be fulfilled? And he says to them, it is not for you to worry about the times or the places that the father has set in his authority. But Acts chapter one, verse eight, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so that is really Luke's focus. When Luke talks about the Holy Spirit, he almost exclusively talks about the Holy Spirit in regard to this upon relationship of anointing and uh, empowering for mission. So, uh, just to be clear, we're talking about three different relationships with, which is about conviction, drawing people to the realization that they need a Savior, that Jesus is the Savior they need. Second is the in-relationship, meaning the indwelling, and this is only for believers after, made possible after Jesus' death and resurrection. So Jesus alluded to this coming in John chapter 14 and 16. Then it came in John chapter 20. But what happens at Pentecost is an empowering of the holy spirit an empowering relationship with the spirit in which the spirit enabled them anointed them empowered them to do the mission that god had given them to do which was to be witnesses and to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth I say, that's a good answer thank you nick awesome john i hope i helped clarify some things god bless you you All too right, thanks you're listening to calvary live this is pastor nick katie we've come up to the end of our show today And uh, I had one text message from someone earlier that I wanted to respond to. So let's go to that. This person says, what are your thoughts on Christians who seek mediums and believe in past lives? And how do you minister to them? My answer to you would be, I don't think that that's a good thing at all. I think the Bible, well, I don't think I know the Bible expressly uh, speaks against uh, seeking mediums. In fact, in the old Testament law, it is absolutely forbidden. Um, and so I would point that out to Christians that they, they have no business doing this, that yeah, there might be uh, things that speak to them from the netherworld, but those things I believe are demonic in origin. And I would encourage them to absolutely avoid those things. That would be my advice. And I would tell them again, like I told our other caller, do not focus on these things. Focus on the word of God. Focus on that which is true and right and good. Hey, we've come up to the end of our show. You've been listening to Calvary Live. I want to take this last minute here For those of you who are listening, hey, if you are in the Longmont area, I'd love to extend a personal invitation to you to join us at the Church I Pastor on Sunday mornings. You can find us online, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Go on there, you can find directions, you can find out more about who we are as a church. We're beginning a new series this Sunday, and we'd love for you to be there or send your friends our way. If you have friends in the Longmont area or in the Boulder County, Weld County area, we'd love for you to send them our way. Uh, whitefieldschurch.com is our website, and our new series we're going to be studying, First and Second Thessalonians, talking about how the gospel comes into our lives it turns upside down that which is upside down in our lives and it does that in the world as well through us as god works in our lives hey god bless you thanks you for being with us today on calvary live thank you for all your great great questions and prayer requests god bless you have a great rest of your evening and remember to tune in to calvary live every weekday 4 to 5 p.m until next time god bless you